Hello, everyone, and welcome to After Hours. I'm Quinn, your MC for this Q&A session. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm pretty good. I'm doing pretty, pretty chill. Got my, got my dog <laughs> here. The dog shaking. He says he's doing all right. As got you can coffee. tell, this is going to be a more casual listening experience. Ready to kick back and answer <laughs> some cues. Give some A's to some cues. Picture yourself by a fireside with us. Who you've never seen before <laughs> in your living room. Perfect. It's going to be hey, like that. <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram, you have seen us before. Hey, thanks for letting us in. Sorry, there's some like dish clattering in the background. Oh, yes. That's that a beats? ghost. Nope, nope. That's a ghost. And the oh, ghost okay. is uh, going to finish the dinner ghost now. Is, the ghost is hanging around Tio's microphone right now. Oh, yeah. got oh, it. Real rude. Very spooky. Got it. The real monster is actual ghosts. Why haven't we had a ghost yet? Quinn, we need a ghost. We kind of did. I mean, Booney. Yeah, I have a ghost with me all the time. I want a bad ghost, though. Spider? Hannah, be very careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't want any ghosts. I I don't want any monsters. I I can't bite a ghost. Oh, uh, that's very true. Uh, Quinn, I would like our next monster to be a basket full of kittens. A steak. <laughs> Hannah, be very careful what you wish for. <laughs> we have kids' toys already. A basket full of non-haunted, normal kittens. Hannah, you Just... have suggested the Yule Cat to me before. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> it's a true. basket of Imagine a basket full of cute Yule Cats that eat oh, everyone. Oh, but they, don't eat, they only kittens. eat you... They only eat you if you don't get clothes for Christmas. So we just all have Not to give these. each other socks. Oh no! <laughs> these are these are spooked. Yeah, it's a hypnotic compulsion that draws you in with their cuteness and then devours you as you try to rub their bellies. I will accept death. The basket full of Yule. <laughs> Glad. Brought to you by Monster Hour. If it's kittens. <laughs> Wow, we are so far off the rails already. (laughs) The the smaller a container you give to Quinn, the more dedicated he's going to be to just killing us. Oh, yeah. He'll still make it attack My whole deal is X, but make it spooky. We're going to get hurt. Now, folks, um, (laughs) this is what we call the magic of editing. See, you thought we're focused and generally on our game, but it's really just called Quinn and his editing ability. This is our day-to-day recording experience oh yeah we record for like five hours per episode yeah our cut down rate is 90 (laughs) percent i had suggested by uh a viewing member at home that uh the kittens should be tiger kittens from carol baskin if anybody's been watching i have yet to watch the tiger show (gasps) oh you haven't watched the tiger show yet quinn of course, I not. also He's never been watched too busy cats editing us. <laughs> well, honestly, not seeing the cat movie three times, you're a better human being than me, Quinn. That is a curse that I must bear. Um, so, for the listeners, yeah. uh, Hannah, who plays JR, did see the cats movie three times in theaters. Yep. I think it was her most viewed theater movie of the no. year. Oh, of the year, yes. Yes, it was. Yes. yes. Anyway, we can stop talking about everyone's mistakes and, and move on to the Q&A. <laughs> so welcome to our Q&A episode. Things are going great. Yep. <laughs> People like banter, right? That's what I've heard. <laughs> yep, sure do. They're here for it. If you're listening to this bonus episode, you probably are here for the banter. So 
I may or no, may welcome not to cut the Max all of Fun that drive. afterwards. We'll see. Oh. Hey, welcome to Max Fun Drive. I definitely am going to cut that part. <laughs> oh. Well, when I reference it later, it's going to be very confusing. <laughs> it's going to create a continuity issue. I've gotten real good at addressing those, though. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go on. It's shocking what you get good at in editing. <laughs> so welcome to After Hours. This is our Q&A episode. We're going to answer a few questions about the show monster hour we're gonna answer a few questions about our sort of our process our process our artistic process such as it could be called and uh maybe some questions about us and then we might ask some questions of each other i don't know it's gonna be um it's gonna be a more free-flowing uh, sort of low-key situation compared to mm-hmm. our our normal play style so unless anyone has anything else i'll go ahead and kick it off with the first question all right, all right let's get going yeah So our first question is, how similar or different are y'all from your characters? Great question. Yeah. I'll take it first. I feel like I'm fairly different from Alvin. Alvin's much more of an outgoing, go-with-the-flow sort of person. And in my experience of myself, I like to sit and plan a lot of things. I do a lot more planning than Alvin does, I think. But it's just a lot of fun to play him because I get to be that goofy person. I get to... You know, just kind of like stop the action and just interrupt everybody for a bad joke, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes you like to do that without serious consequence. I think you share Alvin's gregarious nature, though, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. You know, you draw from what you know in some way. And I grew up in a farm town in Oregon. Dad's from from Iowa. So there's there was some sort of like, not stereotypical, maybe a archetypal Mm -hmm. background that, that I wanted to draw on that was fun. Uh, and I do own a bunch of flannel as well. <laughs> I mean, we live in the Pacific Northwest. That's kind yeah. of a given. Yeah, I have yeah. flannel too. I have to. You know, you have to. They don't let you pass security at the airport if you don't. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Kyla, have you even, is it even canon in fiction that Alvin wears a lot of flannel or is that just every piece of fan art that is made as <laughs> Alvin in flannel? <laughs> I've, I'm pretty sure if you go back and listen to our, our setup episode, I did mention it in there okay, when okay. first describing him. I mean, he had his clothes for a while. For a long time, he was just wearing Constance's smock because it's very difficult <laughs> to keep human-sized clothing intact when you keep turning into a werewolf. So, you know, his wardrobe has uh, is a mess. Are we allowed to comment on each other's answers? Of course. It's a give and take. It's a free flow. We're, we're, we're just jamming. We're just like chilling with our coffees, you know? Regular Monster Hours Classical. This is jazz. This is jazz. I love it. Um... Kyle and I have talked a couple of times about, you know, after a particularly heavy Alvin episode, how that kind of went for him. And I totally get where you're coming from on the planning. But I see a lot of like Alvin's heart, a lot of his uh, his dedication to his friends and kind of his quality of, you know, you're thinking about other people's emotions first. That is very much a Kyle thing uh, that translates to Alvin as well. So the planning part, yeah, definitely a better planner, <laughs> but the heart of Alvin, to me, seems very familiar, and I say that, spoilers. You are a voice of authority on this. As, yeah. as your wife, which <laughs> I don't the actually comes know. Out. If, yeah, I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. that I don't uh, think you have. Hey, yeah. honey, you're recording like five feet away. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, we're, we're pulling the... Pulling the curtain back. The, veil the, is back. <laughs> the reason that Constance and Alvin sometimes find themselves going off into a weird adventure moment is just accidental because the people who run those characters, Tio and Kyle, are married. So we tend to 
do that. <laughs> uh, well, Tio, do you want to answer the prompt next or do you want me to go? Why don't you go? I love going last. There's some sort of power in it. <laughs> oh. You gotta see everyone's answers. Yeah, yeah that's weird. what it is. You made it weird, Tio. <laughs> yeah, I did. know I did. <laughs> so, Tio, I, and I have, sorry, I have to just say here, I'm having to resist calling you by your character names because I'm sitting <laughs> in a place with the recording studio where I always call you by your character names. And yeah. now we're doing it differently, and it's very disorienting. Another episode. Check myself. Who's Tio? Who's Kyle? Yeah, I don't know these people. Well, you all introduce yourselves at the beginning, so they should know you. <laughs> One would hope, yeah. So, Tio, how are you similar from Constance, and how are you different? Ah, oh, dang it. Okay, fine, I'll yeah. go next. <laughs> yeah. You made it too weird. You made it too <laughs> indulgent yeah. to have you go last. That, that'll be on my tombstone. I made it weird. Made it too weird. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of. Speaking of. Oh, Tombstones? Yeah, okay. Oh, God. What? No, no, no. Constance. No, no. no. Constance, oh, making God. it right. weird. So I think, um, you know, I am not a professional actor, and some of the best advice I got from uh, a person who is more in the acting realm was that sometimes if you're trying to ground your character in something, it's good to kind of have a case study in mind. So whether it's a fictional character or a real-life person, just have someone that, like, when you're caught in a situation where you're not entirely sure how to react, you look back to that case study, like, how would they react to this? And draw from that to kind of keep your character grounded. And given what I love and my background, I kind of tried to mix Willow, Buffy, and myself into one individual. <laughs> oh, with, with interesting. Like, mm-hmm. That is aspiring to be Veronica Mars, but is not Veronica Mars. So that's kind of what's rolling around in my head when I make decisions for Constance. So there is definitely the artistic side of Constance. Spoiler alert. I'm a designer in real life. So that one is drawn from real life. And as you can see from our wonderful logo and, and graphic uh-huh. design. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, correct. Yeah. That's all um, <laughs> Thank It's you. all in the family here. It's all in the family, us yeah. look real good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, so that part is drawn from my real life. And I think some of the awkward boldness of Constance, where she makes it weird in the room on things, that's very on brand for Tio, for me. <laughs> it's probably an exaggerated version of that. But everything else is, is basically Willow meets Buffy meets like an aspiring Veronica Mars type. So mm-hmm. I'd say it's like a... 20, 80, 20% me, mm-hmm. 80% everything else. And some of our listeners have caught it and, and <laughs> called it out as well. Just your ability to bring, again, you, you, you bring in what you know and your, your background as a Romanian brought into the show gives it a very unique angle for the show. And it's yeah. how you bring that in and how, how you portray that, I think, is very honest and very true to your experiences. That's a great point. I completely forgot to mention the Romanian stuff. Yeah, that's all true. I am I am Romanian. I immigrated here from Romania. Mm-hmm. I do the whole ridiculous Romanian background stuff. So again, that's heightened and exaggerated, kind of. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Romanians listening will chuckle a little bit. Anyway. Yeah. Hannah? Yeah, um, I think... I think Joe and I talked to the same person about creating characters within the circle of friends because I've gotten similar advice about that. Um, JR is actually, um, this is not the first time that I played JR. I played a character very similar in a one-off. And I would say the the things that I am 
like JR is that I too have an appreciation for suiting and dressing well. <laughs> um, I really, yeah, <laughs> I really, really, really like thinking about uh, Anna has impeccable wear. taste. Right, uh, <laughs> understatement of the year. I yes. mean, you say that. I'm sitting right now in gym jams and a shirt with a hole in it. Um, I mean, I'm wearing. When a Hannah three leaves piece the house, suit. she has impeccable <laughs> there taste. You yes, there, there you go. There you go. Um, JR's background is very, very different from mine, and so it's it's fun to play a character who's like, you know, she's been on her own for a really long time. She doesn't have a lot of ties. She uh, has a rather <clears throat> interesting view on the law and whether to obey it. And uh, that's not me. I have a very close connection to my family. I've put down roots where I am in my real life. I'm a lawyer. so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like to think that a lot of things about JR kind of rushing in headlong and kind of making big, bold moves is something that at least I like to emulate, even if it's not something that I do in my real life. That's kind of where I think the similarity is. I'm also... I mean, I'm not terribly good at it, but I do sometimes try to talk my way out of things. So that's, um, and you can see JR is not always successful at that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fun to play a character whose life and background is very, very different from mine. I definitely agree. I, I can see a little bit of like um, fantasy alter ego stuff going on with your character, Hannah. Just mm-hmm. no- just knowing your connection to the law and, and how a lot of the decisions a lot of the reckless decisions that JR makes are just very out of character for you because you're very thoughtful, uh, especially with your relationships with people. So I find it very fun to see JR just kind of be like, I'm just going to take that or I'm just going to, they'll just have to <laughs> deal with this later um, because I just know how if if Hannah were to ever do any of those things, the next like five days would be you sitting in a room going, do you what oh god oh well maybe if they you know (laughs) me overthink things i never (laughs) but like in a very thoughtful way so i i think it's kind of yeah it's fun little escapism to play a character that really just kind of jumps in Mm -hmm. feet first i I find it fun just watching that character (laughs) unfold onto us (laughs) us (laughs) and jr does unfold yep (laughs) Hey, you know what? None What's of that? us know how to end our a question. Uh, nope. Yeah, our, qu- <laughs> <No>. our answers. <laughs> the magic so of folks, editing. Not really. Yeah. Um, no. I I want you to leave in my awkward ending because so far now to everything I've said, and that's all, or I've said something like that. That's very public radio. So. <laughs> Constance does that too. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's borrowed from from me. <laughs> Maybe more than twenty three percent. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'll just say, you know, I'm I'm in a different position because I have to play a bunch of different characters, but I would say probably have the most resemblance, which will come as little surprise to anyone, to uh, Leon. Uh, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a conspiracy <laughs> your, theorist. Your um, self-insert? Yeah, but just <laughs> as, um, as sort of a, a personality, mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing, not always succeeding, mm-hmm. caring about friends, but not always being like the best at keeping in touch. I'd say I probably have the hardest time playing uh, Magda. It's very difficult. Magda is meant to be someone who is like, she loves Constance for sure, but like the sort of passive, aggressive grinding down of Constance's self-esteem 
is difficult for me to do or portray. Because <laughs> it's not, it, that's not how I operate. So, yeah. 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 See, I too also fade out into random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we just do a bunch of yeahs and you can yeah. pick some yeah. of those? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 That's, a, yeah. that's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Ooh, good, good answer. answer. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's really thoughtful. I do, I do see you. I do see you struggle with that, which makes me personally very happy because um, there's a lot of passive aggressiveness in my family. That's not blowing anyone up. They all know that. So I just, I just find it uh, hilarious to see you genuinely struggle with doing it because, yeah, that is very much not. That's not how you operate. It makes me giddy and also just uh, very appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is so, sort of a related question here is how much of your character's personalities did you decide on in advance and how much did you discover playing through them? Ooh, good question. One of the interesting things about playing JR has been watching this character develop relationships with people. Um, in particular, I think it was right after the first arc. She's having a conversation with Stony, where she talks about basically like, if I can't protect these folks, it's not worth it for me to stick around. Mm-hmm. And so watching this character who's like, I don't need anybody. I can do this all on my own. I do whatever the fuck I want. Um, Have to, you know, grapple a bit with the consequences of one's actions. And then also watching them develop out into relationships with the characters has been really fun and interesting. Yeah, it's kind of one of the, the exciting parts of improvising and, and playing these sort of games over a long period of time is... Mm-hmm. you the player are kind of experiencing what the characters are experiencing at the same time so like a character arc you don't know where they're going to go on this in this character arc and so you're on that journey with them i'll say for alvin i i didn't talk to any, our, our friends about acting y'all got some good advice um, <laughs> <laughs> so when i didn't I, either when, kyle it's okay <laughs> <laughs> when i when i created alvin i kind of just had the kind of like i was saying or like an archetype just like he was going to be a farm boy next door but also turning into a wolf and that has caused him to drop out of college and has caused a strain on his relationship with the rest of his family and that's pretty much it and then it was just kind of the first couple episodes and the first arc really was just kind of playing with Alvin and kind of seeing how he would respond to certain things uh, given the the background that he has and he's kind of ping-ponged around a bit into the the person he is now and that's that's been fun to discover for me, Kyle, the player. <laughs> yeah, I had some general guidance, but Constance has become her own person in many ways. Like the the way that she responded to the agent that showed up at the apartment was very much not what I was like. I I never imagined Constance being so smooth. So that was a surprise, but I felt like she's gained confidence as Constance Mm -hmm. uh, given kind of everything else that's been going on so that just kind of was the direction that she was going to go she she wasn't going to respond the same way that she did near the beginning of the show when she just kind of blurted everything she was thinking out to the police and hey guess what that didn't work out very well for her so uh, you know learning as a character Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, one more question sort of in a similar vein uh, how did you pick your your playbooks 
in thinking about how you made your characters, did you sort of pick the playbook and build out the character or did you kind of have a character idea in mind and then look through one of the playbooks? We mentioned it a little earlier this episode uh, when Hannah was talking about JR being similar to a previous character as well. We did a couple one shots with Quinn beforehand, just playing around with the system and just hanging out being buds. And we all have tried a bunch of different playbooks. And I think maybe just one of us is a, a playbook that we have played before. I know for, for Alvin, I the way I kind of approach it is I try to come up with a, a narrative reason for the playbook as well. I almost played a mundane just because I think it's very fun to just be a normal person in and amongst this chaotic stuff going on. But uh, the, the idea of the student who is monstrous but does not know why they are the way they are was interesting to me and gave me a chance to play a big, big tough boy, uh, which I hadn't really done before in our, in our one shots, yeah. which, which were not recorded, alas. <laughs> no <laughs> there secret were some good content. moments in there, but no they secret will never there, see the light of day. They're very fun and very thrilling. As I said, I played JR before and JR was the crooked. And so I'd, I'd done that one before with some slightly different tweaks to it. And I enjoyed doing that one. But I have played also the flake and God, there's like one that's, I mean, there's several that have magic abilities, but I played one that also had like strictly magical abilities. I can't remember which one it was, but I really like the crooked. I think it's a really fun one to play, particularly if you are interested in trying to talk people into things. The grifter subset in that one is a really fun one to play, but it's, mm. it is a really fun one to play that does not necessarily depend on you doing well at magic. So that's, that's why I picked that one. I... Why did I pick the expert? <laughs> do, I know, do, I, do I know the answer to this question before I try to answer it? Um, yes. I picked the expert mainly because we've all had familiarity with the system and with D&D &D and some other role-playing stuff. It should come to no one's surprise that we enjoy these games often, even before we recorded them. I have always found that and this is going to be an obvious one, but I'm not great in combat. My ideas <laughs> in combat are weird. Chopsticks, for instance. I was really invested in having the chopsticks work out. Those um, definitely got cut. No one knows what you're talking about. Ah, oh, so <laughs> sad. So well, here this was you a go. great moment, Liz. This is a great moment Look, sorry, from the winter listeners, special. Sometimes Look. things get cut in the interest of <laughs> plot. <laughs> advancement <laughs> i tried really hard to have chopsticks in my instagram backpack that i could then use essentially as a weapon because in my mind they're sharp and they're they're metal i was thinking mainly of like knitting needle style chopsticks mm -hmm. anyway you know the chopsticks to try to stop the things. sled Oh, yeah. God, like yes. breaks. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is it was a yeah. weapon. You wanted to try to stop the sled with chopsticks. Mm -hmm. A weapon against the snow, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the ground. Because the idea was that it would be like when you plunge, uh, you know, you're basically, <laughs> look, we don't need the to break. rehash this fight. But yeah, you break. You can break that way. I snowboard a lot. I used to ski. I've done some cross country. Like, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> Quinn was invested in reality, so that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> Precious plot. Anyway, the point being that when it comes to the physical parts of game systems like this, 
uh, my mind never actually gravitates towards like, well, this is my weapon that hits the best because I immediately am bored with whatever weapon I have and I try to come up with something else. So I knew that to be like a big beefy, a big beefy one like um, Alvin Hello. would not play well. <laughs> I needed my strength to be something that allowed uh, a large amount of weirdness, both as as an actual thing in Monster Hour, but also as just like in the creative space. So that is why I picked the expert because it gives me a lot of room to do weird things, some of which get cut. You'll never know about the other things I've pitched. <laughs> I'd say two thirds of them make it in. Yeah. <laughs> you go. And I think also one of the interesting things for me is that a lot of not a lot, but some of the, they're called bystanders in technically in Monster of the Week, but the NPCs, the, the characters of Firmament, um, mm -hmm. some of them are also sort of based on playbooks. We saw in the finale for the third mystery, Chief Stoney is the professional. He is a professional monster hunter, at least in some capacity. He knows what he's doing. Right. Leon Williams is the flake, the, a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, although he's... His character has sort of evolved a little bit since then. But as initially conceived, the journalist from the Jackalope who's sort of digging into these strange happenings was definitely the flake. Conspicuously missing when we're having to fight a big spider. That makes total sense. <laughs> Leon also is like a little bit of a lowercase flake too. <laughs> um, all right, so let's pivot a little bit here. Uh I'm going to have one of you ask me this question because it's a question okay. for me and yeah. I don't want to ask myself questions because that's weird. <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead. I'll take a break. You know, I just posted in the discord. So, okay. so, so someone else, please. So I don't this. It, this can't be a show where I just talk to myself. <laughs> sure. So, Quinn, here's a question yes, for Kyle. you from oh one my of gosh. our dear for listeners. Me? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Uh, the question is as follows. How far are you slash we in the story? Are you around a quarter of the way through, a third of the way, halfway? Have we finished? Did we win? That was me. <laughs> Did that we win? Me. Yeah. This is actually the the debrief. Good job. <laughs> good job. The spider was hit. power is finished. <laughs> yeah. You did good. You escaped you the law enforcement and it's over. It's over. Every, all the strings are tied up. There's no loose ends. No loose ends at all. Uh, I mean, this is a difficult question to answer a bit because, you know, uh, Powered by the Apocalypse systems lend themselves to collaborative storytelling. And uh, like, I have some sense of where we might be headed, but not necessarily exactly where and certainly not how we're going to get there. I guarantee how we've gotten to this point so far has not been uh, probably even 50% of how I imagined it. Mm -hmm. So I would say... <laughs> We're no more than halfway done. Ooh. But okay. maybe all right. Maybe around halfway, maybe a third. Great. In that ballpark. This is all also very nice information for me, Kyle, the player. To know how many luck points you can burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I got, pretty much. I got this little jangly bag of luck points, and I'm ready to party. Oh. Well, I guess not yet. If we're not quite halfway yet, I'll, like, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be stingy a little while longer. Yeah. Then. You don't want to wind up doomed. Oh, God. That'd be very bad. Listeners, doomed is what happens when you run out of all your luck points. And it means I can take a hard move whenever I want. And you know I would. Yeah, yeah there's some yeah, great yeah, scales would. here you on would. the uh, Monster of the Week play sheet. It's that luck goes from okay to doomed. And then harm goes from okay to 
dying. <laughs> Is it, it really, really bad that I didn't know any of that and I've just been burning <laughs> my luck points? Oopsie-daisy. Uh, I'm oh, double-doomed. Oh, Tio. Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's you should fine. Be fine. It's all fine. It's bad. It's, no, it's real bad. It's real. It's not. No, it's not fine. It's bad. What did you think Constance dooms dips meant? Into the, into the cosmic energy of the universe to help her brush her teeth. Oh, Look, God. I just saw luck. <laughs> And I thought I could use some luck, and I went from there. So. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. How cool. doomed is doomed, really, you know? What does that word even yeah. mean, doomed? Like, or I mean, like a little all you have doomed? to do is look at any time you all fail a move to know how bad doomed would be. Fuck. It's no. like that, but all the time. Ugh. Oh. Gross. So kind of like normal time. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> we roll bad. Uh, so, we Quinn, if we're, if we're about halfway or, or just under halfway, do you have any do you have any teasers? Do you want to give us a give us a little? Come on, give us a little taste. I don't. No. Ah, what? Dang it. Fine. Well, I partially, tried, I mean, partially I because I just like having the power, but you know, more so because <laughs> again, I have sort of an idea of where we might be headed, especially in sort of the near term, like next arc. But mm-hmm. you know. Your actions shape the world around you. I, when we had initially embarked on this great journey, I had envisioned this great sort of tension between Alvin and Leon, where, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got his best friend who's a reporter and who's, you know, trying to get to the bottom of the strange things happening in Furman. And little does he know that his best friend is actually a werewolf. And then episode, I don't know, five, four, five, four three, <laughs> you, it was just like, oh yeah, I'm a werewolf. And, you know, that, that completely changed any concept of what I thought the story was going to be. And it wasn't mm-hmm. this, it wasn't this tension anymore. It was now Leon, because Leon's your best friend. And he like, he doesn't yeah, care man. that you're a werewolf. Yeah, but, but now he wants to know why you're a werewolf. And that's his sort of raison mm-hmm. dad at this point. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I unfortunately really can't give you any teasers. Okay, Shit. well, I guess as maybe a more broad question as a follow-up here, have you had all the kind of big bads the arcs planned ahead of time or has any of these arcs been developed later like after other arcs have finished i have had some ideas for monsters some of which will probably never come up i had the idea for the consensus more or less from the beginning Mm -hmm. the idea for the spider i had sort of as a concept but i wasn't sure if i wanted to do it or when Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a, a reservoir of ideas that i kind of draw from as you all shape the story like a monster bag yeah it's like a a monster bag that i draw from (laughs) i have a follow-up question to that as well because i think i know one of the moments where this happened but a moment when a character did something that completely kind of upset uh the carefully crafted plot line that you (laughs) had thought about and the one that comes to mind for me is when the strawberry was attacking jasper behind the prospector and I remember because, like, we were in the middle of combat, and there was a point where I was like, fuck it, I'm not letting Jasper die. And I remember I heard Quinn go, huh, and, like, take a beat, and uh, I think maybe have to recalibrate a bit. But, Quinn, if you're willing to, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit more and let us know if there's times <laughs> when characters have done something that you were just really, really not expecting. So with the ex- that example that you've given specifically, my surprise was more so that you decided to charge the Strigoi with the knife. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't so much that you upended my carefully laid plan as God you just it. made a fun character choice. Yeah. But I liked it. <laughs> it was good. 
Um, oh, this is a tough one. Um, is there, is there, well, you probably can't give the example of what it is, but a yes or no. Are there parts of town that we have underutilized? I'm quite curious about. Ooh. And that has somehow messed with your plot ideas. Good question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the answer I was expecting. That was Ooh, a good try. Great answer. That was good. That was a good try. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Those are these question and answer phases are just us trying to very covertly get secrets <laughs> out of Quinn. Yeah, uh, I would say in the in the most recent arc, uh, there was a. I don't want to say too much because it still could come up in the future and probably will. But there was a medium-sized portion of that arc that I had planned out that just didn't happen. So that that definitely altered the course of that arc and, you know, <laughs> maybe more in a way that I didn't quite expect. Now, is that the hacker lady that we told to just go home? I'm, I'm not going to say any more about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang. But it was, but it was... trying. <laughs> and I would even say, like, I didn't necessarily expect... Like JR's relationship with Stony to develop the way that it has. Hmm, interesting. He was always going to be like a friend on the force, but it, it could have gone many different ways. And so my perception of that changed based on on your actions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I would say here's the one that I that really altered the way that I was expecting the storyline to go. Alvin, you're you're revealing your. It's a, a lot of my like envisioning is like Alvin being more secretive about his condition (laughs) but like i didn't expect i didn't expect sarah to find out about your condition so quickly or Mm -hmm. you know potentially at all and so like you know similar to leon like well okay she knows now (laughs) that bell can't be unrung so like how do we move forward and whereas leon was very supportive almost for narrative contrast it seemed like sarah kind of had to not be Mm -hmm. so that that definitely changed you know my expectation of where the story was going the contrast there is i think it would make sense in a in a story for someone who is a werewolf and doesn't know it or really want to be to try to keep it secret but alvin is so bad at lying (laughs) and keeping things hidden that i feel like he's almost embraced it It was like all right well you're suspicious so i may as well just (laughs) yeah i'm a werewolf yeah so can we move on and I would say, like, several things that JR has done have surprised me. Yeah. Several of, like, the more reckless things took me by surprise. <laughs> like, you know, breaking into the lab and things like... And, and in terms of, like, setting things in motion, like, obviously, we know now breaking into the lab is what clued in Agent Pax to your location. Oh. And so, like, Agent Pax was a, a creation of you generating this heat in your activity. We established that you had some sort of heat on you, but like it was very nebulous until you broke into a federal facility. Oops. Makes sense. Uh, okay, let's let's go ahead and move on to another question. All right, next question. Some questions more focused on kind of like us, I guess. Uh, one easy question that we can just sort of knock out. Uh, do we all come together to record in one place or do we record our episodes via video chat? Uh, we record separately. Mm-hmm. We all have our own sort of situations, uh, except... Tio and Kyle obviously record in the same place as we talked about earlier. <laughs> but yeah, we we use Discord and sometimes Skype when Discord isn't working well. Um, but uh, yeah, we record separately. Uh, what's one thing you realized about yourself after you started recording? Oof. 
Hmm. Um, I interrupt people a lot, and that does not work very well for the podcast. So that has helped me be better about talking over folks. I mean, I still do it. I I know I still do it, but yeah, that's a that's a trait that doesn't necessarily lend itself super well to doing a podcast or to just like being a good human being. <laughs> so, and that's also a product of like our friends group tends to talk over each other a bit. But yeah, that has been helpful for me as a human being to grow and learn is to like not talk over other people, not cut people off. Again, I still do it, but I'm at least a little bit more aware of it. Similarly, I found that when I'm asking questions from the group, instead of just asking the question, like, where do you want to go? I say, where do you want to go? X or Y? I add options as if every question is a multiple choice question Mm -hmm. when it's not. (laughs) So learning to cut myself off at the end of the actual question instead of proposing solutions because if you have a preference, that's fine. But if you're actually trying to garner real feedback from folks and different thinking is not very useful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I've spent a long time, a lot of time, uh, playing board games and tabletop games and video games and things like that and so there's always a part of my brain that i think sits there and tries to like min max the answer (laughs) in like game situations and that is bad radio first (laughs) off um and second it's bad playing like that's not a good teammate not a good good player when, when i do that so this has been a good learning exercise for me to just kind of embrace that beautiful chaos that is you know a tabletop role playing game where failure is super fun you know totally it's like a bad role is is not a bad story yeah Mm -hmm. that is very true oftentimes it makes for a better story (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah we've had a lot of fun with a lot of bad roles yeah i love it uh i have learned that the way that i think that i laugh is not how i actually sound (laughs) my laugh doesn't sound like i think it sounds which I know is like a very classic trope of recording yourself and then listening, but it's still very disorienting to hear on a regular basis as I edit the episodes. Oh, learning to pause so that Quinn has a clean slate. That's a very tech oh, techy yeah. thing, but yeah. oh, clean slates are important, y'all. <laughs> yeah. We all learned a lot for editing. <laughs> <laughs> Having that like third ear open for animal sounds and loud cars and just kind of like, waiting on your important line of dialogue until the dog bark is done or being like, you know what? That's okay. I heard it myself. I'll do another take. Um, all right. I think, I think we're ready for the, our final question. Are our heroes going to be okay? (laughs) (laughs) Quinn? Huh? I'm curious what you all think. (laughs) This question really is, I mean, you know, not to get too meta narrative here, but this question is as much a question for you all as it is for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. JR has always, like, the, the character is not somebody who's made a whole lot of plans for the future, has moved around a lot, has kind of like, okay, things get hard, I'm just going to pick up and move. So I don't know. There has been a lot of character growth in the past 20-some episodes And so perhaps now she is thinking more with an eye to the future. 
if you'd asked me at the beginning of this story arc, I would have been like, well, either she's going to die or she's just going to pull up stake and run. And conditions on the ground have changed significantly. So we'll see. Then that's my answer. Mm, yeah, good answer. <laughs> I'm going to keep putting these in. My <laughs> <laughs> listeners are going to wonder, like, why does he keep saying it's a good answer so many times? Good answer. Just add that after there's been silence. And so it's like, did I, did I miss a question? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, pick your favorite one and make a soundboard. Mm, good answer. Good mm, answer. Good answer. Mm, mm. Good answer. Mm, good <laughs> those answer. Are surprisingly similar. Yeah, those were like your consistency was spot on there. Thank you very much. Good <laughs> I work hard on my poly. <laughs> mm, good answer. I I would have to say I have absolutely no idea because oof, I feel like I'm about to introduce like an opportunity for conspiracy theories, and I hope I. Actually, I hope I do. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Please start a bunch of conspiracy theories about our podcast. I mean, conspiracy theories are kind of a key, a central tenet of Monster Hour. So that's bring them very on. true. I will say this. Obviously, I have no idea what Quinn's plans are narratively, but I have no problem with characters dying. I think that holding on to a character just to hold on to them is selfish in a way that might not be their story arc so anything literally anything could happen to constance nothing <laughs> is out of the realm of possibilities for for my characters so who knows constance yeah. died the next episode <laughs> <laughs> episode 23 interlude yeah. i'm just gonna say uh, i will be more upset if one of your characters dies i think than if mine <laughs> dies not that i'm not personally attached to it but like mm -hmm. i don't know that might feel like a real betrayal <laughs> <laughs> anyway kyle all right you're gonna live forever i was gonna live forever he's gonna ascend into heaven and become a god bingo <laughs> no you heard it here first alvin is in a, t a tough spot directly currently at this exact moment, I believe, when we're recording these questions, he's in a tricky spot. And as for the long term, it's a little unsure. I think he entered this story being pretty aimless and going in circles over and over again and without any particular direction or motivation going on in his life. And he's gained some of that. So in some way, he's doing a lot better. He's got some new friends. Uh, he's got a growing sort of sense of purpose. He's found something he's particularly good at. But on the other hand, that puts him in the range of like sharp teeth and spider claws and spooky mushroom gas and all sorts of stuff that could end very badly very quickly. So on one hand, he's doing he's doing better than he was before and things might be looking up. On the other hand, he could be gone. For <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> not to bring it not to bring it down, but. In terms of the question of, is Alvin going to be okay? Uh, it's in the dice, y'all. It's in the <laughs> dice. Great. Love it. Love to hear it. Good answer. Hmm. Good, good answer. answer. <laughs> good answer yourself. <laughs> good answer. Please, please edit that together like that and take out all of our laughter. <laughs> Just like make it as if it's a serious thing. Four seconds of silence. Hmm. Good, good answer. answer. 
Good answer. You too, Kyle. Good job. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have any special insight on this question. There's too much story left to, to tell, and I think you all have a better sense for whether or not your characters are going to be okay than I do. We'll have to see. Let me turn it back on you, Quinn. Stony going to be okay? Mm. I'm not going to answer for individual Is Jasper going to be okay? Stony dies, about, Quinn. You die. What about Fred? Yeah, we haven't heard from Fred in a while. What about Doris? Yeah, I'm not, not going to run through the individual NPCs. Um, I've got my I'll, list I'll up. say Will are, <laughs> will, will, are, um, will our supporting cast all be okay? Probably not. <laughs> Whew. But we'll see. We do have very bad roles sometimes. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, it is a problem. Well, and let's be clear. It's not clear if all of your supporting cast are on the same side. That's Ooh. very true. true. It's not clear right now. I think that all of our supporting cast are currently okay. Yeah. Some of them are in danger. Uh-huh. That is true. I'm in danger. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. Uh, any any parting thoughts? Any questions you you have for each other or for me while we're asking questions? Yeah. Quinn, you can answer this for your NPCs as well. What is your ideal... Date. <laughs> yeah. What, what, is, <laughs> what is Stoney's ideal date? No. Um, what What is now your ideal... Oh, it's, it's cheating to give JR that information. <laughs> That's true. Can't do that. Uh, what is your ideal... Not ending forever, but like ideal situation for your character. So if they were to be able to have all of their dreams fulfilled, mm-hmm. what what would that look like? That's good. This is going to be good when we're at the end of the, the full story and we can look back at our answers to this question and be like, oh, I was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our characters getting their dreams fulfilled. Um... Honestly, I'm not sure I want to answer that question because that feels like some character information that I would like to hold back. Okay. Yeah. Well, Alvin's an open book, so I think, I mean, for him, a dream a dream resolution is that he, I think it, right now it, it still kind of quits being a werewolf. Like he gets himself sorted. The weird bad stuff stops. He keeps his friends. He reconnects with his family he finally gets his degree and he gets to carry on with his life where he feels like it kind of hit a screeching halt that's fair how about constance i guggenheim (laughs) genius grant i think i think constance is slowly realizing that a place that she that she actually feels like she belongs and she gets more credit than she does in the art Mm -hmm. world is in this kind of weird underground monster fighting world so i think her right now and this could change a lot of things can make this change and i have a feeling that it will right now she's kind of realigning her like life goal from being yeah a world-renowned artist that is featured at the met or something into being a world-renowned monster hunter mm-hmm which is still being world renowned, which is already quite a feat. <laughs> Gotta get that renown. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, there. There is a level of uh, not necessarily ego, just wanting to prove herself. And to her, the way to prove yourself is to be world renowned, which is yeah. in and of itself a problem. But 
you know, she's got she's got room to grow on that. It's kind of like a Constance's own angle of absorbing the like pressures from her family mm-hmm. who've been like pushing her in a very particular direction, but she still feels like she needs to prove herself, become world renowned, but in her own way. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not to just good question. <laughs> good question. Mm, good, answer. good answer. And I don't mean not to just restate what you just no, said. No, no, you, you you added yeah. some flavor to it. Um, any any other questions? What's Stan do of the summer? Mm. And that's all the time we have. <laughs> here oh, interesting. <laughs> nice. I think that's about all the time we have. Thanks for joining us here in After Hours. We'll return with our next feature-length episode of Monster Hour on April 21st. See you then. Woo! Bye! Bye.